I'm Kristen Birdwell, and this is Sex, Drugs, and Soul. Hey, y'all, please join me in welcoming my friend Simone, also known as the Sensual Sage. She is a gifted tarot reader, meditation instructor, and sensuality coach. And that's definitely what I want to dive into with you, too. Um, so let's explore sensuality. Like, what is it to you? Why is it important? Um, well, first of all, thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast with you. I feel truly blessed. I always love talking with you. I feel like we always have a really good exchange that has a lot of growth to it. So I'm excited to be here. Um, so sensuality. I would say every time I talk about sensuality, I don't ever put it strictly in the aspects of something that is a sexual exchange or invitation. I treat sensuality like the key word, like senses. It's you Mm -hmm. honoring all of your senses. And to me, I feel like that is the root of that is quality time with those spaces. Mm -hmm. So sensuality to me is more of a pace like a slower pace yeah or... okay <laughs> yeah. it's a slow and intentional pace um mm. in order to give dedication or honor to different spaces and aspects of ourselves that's what mm. i believe sensuality is um although it does you know tie into sexuality as well which is awesome it's also an aspect of ourself that deter that needs time and needs to be honored and needs to have you know attention to as well so yeah yeah i feel like sensuality definitely has helped strengthen my connection to myself mm-hmm. and has been pivotal on like my healing journey as far as like i remember the first time like just touching my skin and with a graceful gentle intention versus like a rushed hurry let me just get this lotion on <laughs> you know type of thing and um, I really think it helps like regulate my nervous system too. So I love the distinction bet- that you made between sexuality and sensuality and like having quality time with yourself mm-hmm. and like, carving that out. I think that's powerful. Um, how would you say that sensuality, is it a part of your spiritual tool belt or like has it, how has it shifted like your journey or like helped you grow? So sensuality for me, um, I believe when I first got more in, it's an embodiment, first of all, but when I first started getting more in tune with that side of myself, this was, I believe, back in 2015 or 14, um, I was guided to take a class, a dance class at a burlesque studio, and I end up absolutely loving it. And I end up becoming a part of their dance team that they had. And then I end up being a captain of their dance team. And then I end up teaching uh, burlesque classes for years uh, from that. So I believe it was kind of a journey for me. And what led me there was, um, I believe there was like, I was... I was in a long-term relationship at that point, And like, this person was like the only relationship I had, you know what I mean? And I just kind of felt like 
this isn't quite enough. Not like he isn't enough as a person, but just having this relationship in my life is not enough. Like I need mm-hmm. to have hobbies and I need to have like a well-versed and full world. And I just really wasn't experiencing that within that relationship. So I was like, um, I love dance. I've always been in dance since I was a child. Let me just kind of get into this um, thing where I can feel in tune with my body again. Um, So yeah, so then I went into that practice and as my spiritual side started to evolve and it kind of immersed itself into dancing and it became sensual dance movement and embodiment and it became like a full-on like sacred self-care for me Mm -hmm. Um, there's something Mm -hmm. really powerful and sensual and divine being able to embrace your sensual and sexual nature in a way that you can not only like do it for yourself, but you can do it in front of others very confidently. There's just something so powerful and palpable about that. So yeah, I just really enjoy it. Yeah. (laughs) I've taken one of your uh, burlesque dance classes and I loved it. I do say I was totally nervous going into before and still like even like the during it, I'm like, okay. (laughs) I'm like the, I felt like a little bit of fish out of water. Would you say that the confidence comes like the more you do it or the more with repetition or like, were you nervous going into your first class? Like how has that evolved a little bit? Oh yeah. Um, definitely (laughs) repetition. I remember going into my first class and it was like chair dance and there, I was in a class with people who have been taking classes there and there's moments where they allow us to kind of freestyle things. And I was like, I don't have enough tools in my tool belt for this. So like me trying to awkwardly move from one movement to the next, like I've been in dance all my life, but this has been like ballet, like classic stuff or mm-hmm. dance stuff like that. So me like being sensual and like, you know, tracing my body and like really like accentuating my curves and things like that. And like showcasing like my chest and hips, like that was so foreign to me. And this girl, like fiery redhead is like on the ground, like flows off of her chair and she's whipping her hair in the circle. And like, I'm like, just stuck watching her and I'm trying to like move from this like weird chair position to sitting myself (laughs) up and I'm not gonna lie after that first time I did feel discouraged because I was like I Mm -hmm. look stupid and I hate it but after I was like you know what I'm just gonna keep showing up I'm gonna keep showing up for myself Mm -hmm. I'm gonna keep on integrating this side of myself because it's it's aching for it it's calling to me Mm -hmm. and then after repetition it was just it's like walking after that I love that it's easy and I can see like as you're describing her like I like I felt like a sense of awe too. It's like I could almost picture her doing her dance. And as you mentioned, like, uh, you know, tracing your body, I found myself like from with my fingers, just like touching my thighs. Um, yeah. I'm like, maybe I'm longing and calling for that more too. Just I more mean, like if, your body, if your body is instinctually like, just like, oh, trace, trace your body. You know what I mean? <laughs> then it probably is calling for it. 
I'm like, because I think like recently the thing that has just been like popping up and, and keeps coming back is slowness, softness, like release the need to rush, release the need to like get things done quickly, savor every moment, like making, you know, uh, food a more sensual act, like really tasting it because I have a habit of like eating my food really quickly. Um, and so I feel like it can also like transpire or go across like multiple assets or aspects of life. Like, yes, physical touch, but like you said, all the other senses, like taste, smell, mm-hmm. like what feels good on my skin. Like I, before I got on the call with you, I was wearing like this like constrictive sports bra and I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel good. I just want to be braless and like in a tank top. And I'm like, I feel like Simone would encourage that. Yes, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let me get comfortable and cozy for a little chat session. <laughs> yes. Um, is so dance and like touching the body and tapping into senses. What are some other ways that um you would suggest for someone to introduce themselves to that sensuality or or um incorporate more of it into their lives? So, I mean, that's a wonderful question. I think and I'm going to have to preface it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I am a very romantic individual. And it's something that I try to fight against forever because, you know, love has been so scary and it has been such a roller coaster, you know, in life. Um, so I think when I was like really starting to go into this embodiment of sensuality, it kind of put a romantic. I guess, filter over my life where I'm like, okay, Mm. I'm going to slow down and I'm going to make sure the environment that I'm looking at reflects this romantic lifestyle of, of who I am inside. So how I present that throughout my day, it's like, the environment that I'm in, there's fresh flowers Mm. there, or just things that I love to look at. Um, Things that also embody that slow movement. Um, Most of the time I have candles lit, probably 90% of my day, every day, there is a candle lit somewhere in my space. Um, Mm. I always have incense going anytime I'm doing a reading or I'm doing a one-on-one call with someone, or if I'm in meditation. Um, I like to connect with other things that help me slow down my body and just kind of like soothe my nervous system. So I love drinking tea. I love taking Mm -hmm. long baths. Last night I was, uh, (laughs) I was in the bath and I prepared my bath because I mean, outside of all that I do, I like to make products that correlate with this lifestyle so I have a bath line that I use that is also connected to spirituality. So one of the baths that I have um, that I chant over, I pour all this energy into. It has like essential oil blends into it and all of these things. Um, so last night I felt guided to do a banish bath because I've been carrying a lot of like anger and t- tightness throughout my shoulders and, you know, just from my day, my experience, my exchange with some of my relationships. I mean, this Mercury retrograde is coming for relationships. So we'll get into that soon, I'm sure. But 
Okay. So, <laughs> so I get my banish bath and I pour it in the tub and I get some protection oil and I put that in there too. And I'm just chanting over my bath mm. and pouring intention into it. And then um, I cozy up and I have my book in front of me. I have my tea here on my left side and have a candle lit and incense going. And I'm like, okay, time to get into this fanfic and just relax. (laughs) And it just made me so excited. I'm like, if you can incorporate that feeling that you get from a luxurious bath all over your day, like how would that change your entire life? And that's how I think about it when I move throughout my day. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I love like what what came up whenever you said that too is like treating yourself like you would a romantic partner or like or, or how it's like instead of like okay, I want this romantic partner to mm-hmm. to do this and like how can I do that for myself? Mm-hmm. How can I weave those moments in? And I kind of see um your banished bath which side note, I cannot wait to move out of my apartment and be in a place with the bathtub again so that I can like start to incorporate more of those. Um, But I see it as almost like a cord cutting ritual Mm -hmm. too. Would you say that the banished bath is like that kind of cord cutting thing or like what, and let's define what a cord cutting ritual is. If someone's listening and they have no idea what I just uttered. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So cord cutting the essence of it is anytime we connect with other people, um, whether it be romantically, energetically, through a familiar relationship, however, there is a cord of attachment between us and that person. And a lot of times that attachment can carry tension. And a lot of times, especially in partners with a sexual exchange, you can feel their traumas, the stuff that they're going through, their frustrations energetically. So in order for you to be in your own energy and kind of release and cut ties from partners that you're no longer connected with or, you know, family you decide to distance yourself, and even from habits in general, they don't always necessarily have to be to a person. It can be towards a habit. Like I release myself from this habit of emotional eating. Like I I sit with my emotions, I care for my emotions, and I use positive, um, affirming habits that encourage me to move further on my path, you know, stuff like that. So basically, in a cord cutting ritual, you would take two candles or however many you want to cut yourself away from. There is a um, representation of the cord onto the candles. Um, Each candle Mm. is labeled, whether it's you, the person, or the habit you're trying to release yourself from, and then you allow those Mm. candles to burn down. So Mm. putting that into the essence of that, like release and disconnect into a bath, um, this bath banishing, which I have eight baths, spiritual baths that I have created, but this one specifically was to release your attachment to negative habits or jealousy. It's just Mm. like a heavy release. And again, like, We had the full moon this past weekend in um, Pisces, which was like 
big, big energy on top of Mercury retrograde and Libra. So more big energy. I believe we have like eight planets in retrograde at this moment. So this is just such a transformative time. And I was like, this is a lot of energy. So we're going to do a big, big thing. You know what I mean? And I'm still releasing word cutting ritual um, this week. So I think it's very interesting that you brought that up. Yeah, well, it's something, well, as I was like gearing up to like set some full moon intentions and release and that sort of thing, I got this like inspired idea that when I was like looking through my panty drawers, like, I just want to get rid of all of these. (gasps) Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I literally threw like the rest of them away today and like I bought, like I went to like Nordstrom Rack and like, okay, let me buy some underwear and like start fresh. And I'm like, any lingerie sets that I had, I like, that I wanted to keep that didn't evoke like a negative response. I'm like, let me use some Palo Santo underneath those. But like, I, it just felt really like, yes, like I'm showing up for myself and felt like a cord cutting in a way. So I was like, I definitely want to talk to Simone about um, that on our call. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's like a weight lifted. Mm-hmm. Like an energetic release and like I opened up my my sliding glass door and I'm like <sighs> you know by any energy or um habit that does not serve me I'm like mm-hmm. let's just let that slowly go out the window <laughs> out the door yes. um yeah and speaking of um you know your the mercury retrograde and relationships I'd love to dive into that a little bit more too um and see what's coming up for, for peeps. Yeah. Um, so the Mercury retrograde went retrograde in Libra. Um, at the end, okay. towards the end of this month in September, it's going to go back into the sign of Virgo. Um, so it's kind of pendulating between Libra and Virgo energy. Um, Libra energy is a very playful, flirty energy, but it also embodies our relationships. Virgo energy is a very like organized and grounded and, you know, let me declutter my life energy. You know what I mean? So it's like, let me declutter my life and let me address my relationships all at once. Anytime Mm. a planet goes in retrograde, retrograde means reverse. Okay. So it has us take Mercury, right? This is a planet that rules communication. And um, we take that and we reverse it back. So now we, we get to think about our attachment styles, our connections to these past mm-hmm. relationships, how they've influenced us today. And then we take that energy and we clean it up. We declutter it. We throw our panties out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just so inspired by that, um, which honestly, that's yeah. like a perfect combination because it's like relationships, like maybe you wore these underwear for a partner or they send you in these or there's some kind of correlation, like you said, to the lingerie and then this decluttering aspect. And it's like, boom, like that's a perfect marriage oh between God. it all. <laughs> Well, I think I saw something like maybe on your Instagram about like decluttering and organizing. And so I started with that. Like I had a closet that I really wanted mm-hmm. to tackle. And then like I had gotten rid of some uh, panties and I'm like, uh, I'm like, no, I'm really like, you know, picking, I'm like, no, I'm like, that, if that's inciting like a negative memory yes. or just like, I don't know. I'm like, no, let's just toss it and, mm-hmm. and clean slate. 
thing. So yes. um, it's been really great listeners. If you, if you want to incorporate uh, that or like reach out to Simone, you have a shop, don't you on Etsy? Yes. Where well, they can order? Okay. I do have an Etsy shop, but now okay. I have finished my website. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Even better. Um, <laughs> and in the fashion of moving slow, this took me a long time. <laughs> Um, so it's officially here. Um, and what is it? Let's throw it out there while we're talking about it. Yes. Um, it's www.the-central-sage.com. Um, there you can shop my page, um, where you can shop my products. I have a link where you can book events with me if you're interested in doing like tarot mm-hmm. parties or if you do want to do like a sensual dance mm-hmm. movement kind of dance party, it's available to you on there as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then also if you just wanted to book a reading or a meditation with me, it's available to you on there as well. But I do have an array of products that are um sacred self-care is what I like to say. It's that combination between Mm. your self-care and your sensuality and your spiritual side, and it all comes together. Um, So yeah, Mm. it's like, I want to essentially kill two birds with one stone, right? You're like, man, I really need to release this energy. I need to like do a burn bowl. I need to do like a sacred cleanse, but I also want to infuse myself with this divine self-care this like loving goddess energy so it's like a combination of those things um but yes they are available on my site so definitely check that out and if you follow me on social media at the central sage and that's on twitter facebook instagram uh tiktok even um you can always find my website through those social links as well Awesome. I love, I'm like, I just wanted to get a plug in because I love your products. I love your readings too. And I'd love to explore um, tarot a little bit more too Mm -hmm. and talk about how we can use that as a tool of evolution um, or how one begins to use it or tap into that. Like, how do you suggest one goes about doing that? (laughs) Um, So... I have a long history with tarot. It was passed on in my okay. family. So my grandmother mm-hmm. is actually the one that taught me when I was a child. So it's just something that wow. I've always done. Um, it's kind of interesting because I look at my life now and like all the things that I've always loved, like dance and tarot and, you know, different things of that nature. I, you know, I went to school to be an esthetician when I was like, in high school we had a program so I'm like in the spa and beauty world and I like bring all that together and now it's like this is who I am you know the sensual sage it has all of those aspects involved and I I just feel blessed about it but I digress um to get into tarot I would say um you definitely want to start with just getting a tarot deck first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have workshops that I do talk about how you can build a relationship with Mm -hmm. your tarot deck as well, which is available on my website. But you want to get a tarot deck. I know there's all these rules where it's like someone has to buy the tarot deck for you. Like, 
I just throw all of those rules out the door. You don't need someone to buy it okay. for you. If you find a connection to a tarot deck you really enjoy, you should go for it. My personal recommendation for beginners is going to be the Rider Waite deck. It's the most popular one across the board, and it gives you um, good um, bones, basically, on understanding mm. each and every card. Um, I also would say that when you get your deck, cleanse it. Cleanse it. Do a mm. smoke cleanse. You know, cleanse it with some crystals that you feel drawn to, like smudge it down and make sure you clear all of that manufacturing energy off of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and you can connect with your own deck. Like some people like to sleep with their deck by their their sleeping mm. area to connect or just carry it around in their pocket for a little bit. Um, you can actually interview. Anytime I get a new tarot deck, I interview this deck. And I ask questions like, what are your strengths? What are you going to teach me? What can I learn from you? You know, what would be best to use you for? I actually just got a new deck, which I haven't been led to get a tarot deck in a long time, probably over a year. And I just got this one a month ago and it's the Toph deck. And I was guided to get this one. And I was like, okay, it's calling to me. Let me get it. I do an interview and I'm like, how are you going to strengthen me, empower me? And it's like, you know, by utilizing this deck and by connecting with it, you're going to grow in power. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, yes, I'm ready to level up. So yeah, I would say that would be the first bit. Um, and intuitively, say you just pull one card a day, you can just use it as a journaling prompt. You can look at the, you know, the artistry in each card and you can say, okay, what is really standing out to me? Is it connecting to a memory for me? What is it bringing up? What emotions does it make me feel powerful? Does it make me feel a little sad or distant or cold? And how is that relating to something I'm feeling with inside of myself? You can just use it in that mm. way to get a better entunement with your own subconscious. I love yeah. that. And like it's a building and creating a relationship with it as a tool to use for your journey. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I love that like little tool to put in my tool belt. I picked one today and I'm like, okay, now what is uh, drawing that to me? Or like, what is um it's a the journal prompt i'm like oh okay yes I'm, let me lean into that i now i've seen people and maybe you too i'm uh but like pick do you suggest like picking the card intuitively or like shuffling and then like i've seen cards like fly out before <laughs> i'm like is that does that come along with the as you build this relationship or as it evolves i'm like how do, they, how do they just fly out? <laughs> um, typically, I I relate to cards flying everywhere as there is a lot of energy um, going on with either your question or that your spirit guide or your spirit guide team are wanting to relate to you. And I know that's like such a popular phrase at this time and not a lot of people understand what it is. But a spirit guide team can be um, a compilation of your ancestors, of gods, goddesses, deities, um, 
and even angels that are just here to guide you. It's like your higher source that you connect to, right? Um, So sometimes they want to deliver messages to you to help you for encouragement or to help you kind of like reassess kind of your path a little bit if you're kind of going in a direction that's not helpful or healthy to Mm. you. Um, So the tarot definitely is a really strong connection between you and being able to have access to that understanding. Um, Mm. But yeah, tarot can be used in a lot, a lot of different ways um, too. Like you can also use it for just encouragement. Like say you're like, I really want to be a little bit more feminine in my life right now. So I'm going to take this tarot card, the Empress, which represents the divine feminine, and I'm just going to post it where I do my makeup, you know, Mm. stuff like that. I love that. And so how, speaking of spirit guides and teams and angels, how do you suggest that one starts to create a relationship uh, with their spirit guides through tarot? Or are there any other like modalities or ways to? I would 100% say that meditation would be the okay. number one channel to building that connection. The thing I resist the most. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's hard, right? It's hard to kind of sit still and be quiet when we are a part of this world that encourages action and the go, go, go and the be busy and the make money. And like mm-hmm. our body just naturally is, is in aligned to that vibration of that go, go, go. So to be able to like mm-hmm. swiftly shift into, okay, we're going to be quiet. We're going to sit still. We're going to like breathe and visualize and relax. It's, it is very challenging. It is a practice for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, How long do you suggest like meditate? I start, I put on a timer today for like mm-hmm. 10 minutes <laughs> and then uh, I made it like three or four and then I got distracted by wanting to self-pleasure. <laughs> and so I'm like, uh, um, I would, I mean, I would guess I would suggest people like starting small and like building the confidence, but are there any ways that you would, you would suggest? Um, honestly, I feel like if you are one of the people who tend to struggle with kind of staying focused, it would be good to do it in a community space where you're Mm. going to like a group meditation because the space is already solely dedicated to that. You don't have access Mm. to, you know, the ability to self-pleasure in that space if you're trying to like stay focused. Um, your phone isn't going to like ding or go off because they make you turn it off. But like, yeah, I feel like it kind of just, you're the, the environment saturated with the energy of being focused. Mm. You kind of have nowhere to run, which I know sounds ominous, <laughs> but it really keeps you, it keeps you in that moment. And I feel like that's where my connection to my higher self just took like, a next step was when I actually was going Mm. to meditation classes um, or group Mm. meditations. Cause a lot of times in group meditation, it's like some of those meditations are an hour long. And when you think about it from where you're at right now, you're like, Oh my gosh, I could never. But when you're in an environment where that's 
where everyone's at, it's like the whole room is kind of humming on that. It kind of like lays you down and keeps you in it. So I would say that would be a good place to go. Yeah, I've done like some sound um, healing baths, like a gong or something. And that seemed like it really, like in a group setting. And that seemed like it helped to uh, lay there. Yeah, no distraction to self-pleasure there. Um, And I I live for that at the end of like a yoga class. And so maybe that is something to look into is like just a meditation specific class. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's like, I'm like, I'll do a guided one or I'll put on something like as I'm falling asleep. But that's also like sometimes with the intention of, oh, let me insert this into my subconscious, you know, and then, and I could see where that's like more of a controlling versus like a surrendering type of energy um, or like try, trying to be goal oriented, even in my sleep. <laughs> like what <laughs> would you say that the sensuality and tarot, are those all, um, more feminine energies? Um, actually, that's, that's a very good question. Um, so feminine energy is not necessarily specific to a gender itself, but it is just an energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a description of a bunch of different energies that relate to intuition, that relate to the place of slowing down, that have more an internal energy versus an external energy. It also embodies the energy of nurturing. So when we define the feminine energy with its, you know, direct opposite, the masculine energy, which is more action-based, more outward energy, I feel like those two can work in correlation together through sensual practices and through tarot Mm -hmm. because we have this intuition, right? We're like, okay, I feel this creative or intuitive internal vibe. Well, me putting action to it or marrying it with that masculine energy is me actually adapting this creative idea and pulling it out of the ethers and passing it on mm. to the masculine to then perform it in our 3D reality. Mm. So I really believe it's a, you know, it's a combination of the two um, because we have and carry both of those energies with inside of ourselves. But, you know, also our society does tend to praise the masculine energy um, over the feminine and and then it creates this dynamic that they are competitors, you know? Mm. And because of that, there's not really the honor or respect of of being able to bring both of those energies together. And that's why I 100% mm. love mm. spirituality because it's recognizing the energies for exactly what they are and not in competition with one another, but how both of them serve mm. a divine purpose in order to for you to come into creation. I love that descriptor too, that you gave about having the creative idea and like handing it off to the masculine, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, love that. And as you were describing it and bringing your hands together, the word union just Mm -hmm. kept coming up and it's like, that's like a sacred divine union and like removing the competitiveness. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like, I wanted to repeat that just to like help that sink in for me. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, yes. Um, 
And then one of the things that I feel like has been coming up for me is like maybe take to go inward um, is maybe removing myself from social media for like, I don't know, a week or three weeks, a month. I don't know. But as I am questioning everything from my card, (laughs) it says anything unaligned must go. I've been feeling like self-pressure to post or like, or do things. I'm like, "Mm, that's not the energy that I want to show up in. And so if I'm feeling that, maybe I just need to take a step back, connect with myself, remove notifications or whatever it is. I don't know why I'm bringing this up right now, but maybe it just needs to be said if it's being brought up. Um, uh, And I guess leaning into more of that intuitive knowing or calling. How would you, um, how does someone encourage that intuition or build or grow um, or strengthen their uh, relationship with their intuition? I feel like the number one thing that you can do to strengthen your relationship with your intuition is is to listen and to honor. So for instance, mm. you had this feeling that's coming up, right? And it's like, I should probably take a break from social media, right? That's the intuitive calling that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, you would mm-hmm. listen to that. <laughs> and then the more that you <laughs> listen to that and you follow those guidance, mm. those guided things um, that your intuition is is leading you to, then the more that that voice gets louder and it gets stronger and it gets empowered. I mean, we got to think about it. It's mm. like if we were to tell someone, hey, I really need this from you and they dismissed us how mm. how often do you feel like you would feel confident enough to repeat that you know what i mean mm. like you would get to mm-hmm. a point where you're like okay like they're not going to listen i'm going to let them do their own thing and then they're like turn my direction then i'll come back to slowly starting to speak up again until i feel heard so i feel like that's kind of the same thing with the intuition and going back into that just sensuality which is honoring all of our spaces it's like hey there is this space that's wanting to be heard. And we also have to recognize that every aspect of ourselves, even though sometimes it feels like it is uh, restrictive or destructive, right? It's still working for us and it mm. still has something to say and it still has something to teach and there's still something to learn from that. So yeah, I feel like how you can strengthen your intuition is to be in a position of receptivity and of listening. Mm. And again, going back to this whole social media break, right? You have this probably side of you, which is like, wait, no, like we need this. Like we have to show up. We have to be on our social media. This is how we like put our brand out there. This is how we're seen. This is how, mm-hmm. you know, this is how we're consistent. We show up. Um, but I was, I've been actually doing a lot of like listening and following a lot of spiritual coaches and just, you know, a therapist has to have a therapist, basically type of vibe. So I'm kind of on this thing where I'm very much leaning into other people who are in the same field as me. And I was listening to, um, we had the Zoom call and she was talking about how energy is 
first. Making sure your energy mm. is is alignment in alignment and giving exactly what you want it to give is absolutely first. You can you can show up yeah. on social media if you want to, but if your energy and your intention is not being delivered by your posts, you might not be getting enough traction anyway. So it's just like you burning yourself mm-hmm. out for no re- good, no good reason, honestly. Except for yeah. trying to honor this yeah. idea, <laughs> trying to honor this idea that we have in our mind that we must show up and be consistent on social mm-hmm. media. You know what I mean? Um, but it's more about intention. I do. <laughs> it's more about you have people like let's let's really Mm -hmm. sit down and think about social media right you'll have people that Mm -hmm. you know post and post and post all the time and that's cool but then there will be some people who don't really post much at all but they had one inspired moment and they decided to post and that's what made them go viral and now they have like that's you know, traction and attention that they needed. And it didn't come from them showing up and posting every single moment. It came from them getting an inspired yeah. idea and, and having that follow through. So I'm just kind of like, that's our energy is most good. important. There, Most of my business comes from my online online presence, but I will definitely have moments where I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to be posting on social media. And sometimes I don't know how long that's going to be. It's not like I'm not still doing my business, not like I'm not still doing tarot or workshops or helping people, but I'm not necessarily like on social media. And I've had those breaks that lasted a whole month before. And it did not pull me away from my purpose. I feel like it could only, it could inspire clarity and, and pouring from Mm -hmm. a fuller cup. So I think I'm gonna lean into this after after the call and like take a little hiatus. Yeah, it feels good to like even yeah the honoring, the listening, the confirmations. Like yes, yes, thank you. You're listening. (laughs) You get rewarded. Um, There is like a feeling of like borderline burnout and like why post in a depleted way? Like how is that gonna serve anybody anyway? Exactly. (laughs) Except for maybe my ego and a dopamine hit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's the ego. Oh my gosh. I feel like the ego, it's one of those things where it's just like, if it just satiating that ego feels like junk food, it just feels good in the moment. And then, and then you pay for it later. So yeah. true. Uh, Man, thank you for helping me walk through that too and exploring that uh, with me. I think that's a powerful example of just like a little tiny snippet of what working with you can be like. Um, Yeah, a little providing clarity and encouragement and support. What else should we dive into? I'm going to open up the floor to you. Um, Is there anything else that you want to explore? Yes. Um, So this is kind of some things that I've been really leaning into, like that are newer to my practice that I'm absolutely loving. And I feel like it has a lot of benefits, but I've been leaning into like somatic Mm. therapy and practices. Are you familiar? A little bit. I actually went to a somatic breathwork um, event on Sunday. Um, I'm not sure what all the somatic practices may entail, but um, the breathwork event was really powerful. 
and, and releasing like stagnant energies and emotions and, and clearing things. Uh, it was, yeah, <laughs> definitely powerful. So let's dive in. Yeah, what have so, you been doing? Um, one of the practices I've been doing, so somatic therapy is, um, it's used a lot in like kind of trauma therapy. So when people have really mm-hmm. deep seated oh, okay. traumas and stuff like that, trauma tends to store in our body, right? Like if you've ever heard of the book, The Body Keeps the Score, right? Are you serious? Right <laughs> Literally sitting on my oh shelf my over God. here. <laughs> That's so wild. I love when like things are like in alignment like that. It's wild. Um, so, okay. Shout out to that book. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's basically saying that our body tends to store um, trauma and this unused energy because a lot of times when we have a traumatic experience, our ego, so ego circling back around in this conversation, it's not necessarily yeah. trying to be an enemy. It's actually trying to be helpful. Um, but in the way of the ego being helpful is like, okay, repress, mm-hmm. like, they're trying, the ego is trying to save you from pain. So it's like, okay, this trauma thing mm. happens. Now we're going to repress that, you know, we're going to repress how that made us feel. We're going to repress our emotions that make us feel scared or hurt or angry that make our bodies, you know, go into like a hypo mode. So somatic practices actually through breath work, through, um, physical, there's emotional freedom tapping, which is you tapping mm. certain uh, points on the body that could carry trapped emotions and you release it. There's actually, there's a body map, which is this is so fascinating to me. There's a body map of um, different areas in the body of where specific emotions could be trapped. Like, so for example, mm. this right side of your shoulder, like if you didn't know, This is a really cool thing. But the left side of the body is representative of the feminine energy. And the right side of the body is representative of the masculine energy. Your shoulder can Mm. represent anger or resentment. So I was having trap, like my neck, my shoulder. I was like, for a very long time, um, probably about, I don't know, six months ago, it was just in constant pain. And I was like, I cannot figure this out. Um, I had one of my friends who does Reiki just put her hands on me and kind of like press and move and massage this area and something just like shifted and unlocked. And then I got hit with a wave of how angry I've been towards masculine energy, towards men, towards my father, towards this guy I was like, kind of seeing on and off at that time. And I was like, oh my God, I've been angry and I've pushed it down because anger is not really a celebrated emotion. You know what I mean? It's not really emotion that we give space to. I was thinking about anger actually this entire week because I've been angry. (laughs) I've been angry. Like we're, you know, we're coming up to this Mercury retrograde energy. I'm reflecting on you know, these, my relationships, my relationships with my mom, with my dad, with partners, the choices that I've made that have been uh, degrading to myself where I hadn't shown up for myself. And like, yes, I've been sad about those choices. And then I went immediately from, I'm sad that I made this choice of choosing this partner to compassion and acceptance. I chose this partner because of my 
attachment style and it's this was a trauma response and mm. these are the things I learned from it so I accept that this happened right and I was like okay we, we're, we're good mm. you know? I was sad and then I went to acceptance I did not realize that what was going to come back with a vengeance was me being pissed off I thought I was done <laughs> I thought I was done but anger said hold up wait a minute girl you trying to close the curtain on me girl no I hadn't even gotten started with you yet and I was like oh my god I was like girl I can't let you out because you gonna burn the whole facility down (laughs) is what I was thinking is what I was thinking but I hate that we villainize and criminalize that emotion I gave her Mm -hmm. her time and yes, Mm -hmm. she was mad and she yelled. I mean, my journaling, I like my journal to look very like nice, even though it's not for anyone else. No, I was not writing in the lines. There was big cuss words covering the entire page. (laughs) I was curious. I'm like, how did you give her her voice? Through journaling, Journaling. through. Um, I will lay out all of the really important practices that I use for like healing and things like that uh, here in a, mo- in a moment. But I want to let you know, journal- mm-hmm. journaling is, woo, that's definitely where it's at too. And I was writing all of these things and I got it out. And some of these things I didn't even recognize I was upset about. And I was like, woof, you know what I mean? And I was like, okay, like she needed mm-hmm. her time. And, you know, sometimes when we repress our anger so much, we think, okay, if we let it out, maybe we might be violent. Maybe we might hurt ourselves or we might hurt someone else. Like, it's scary. Um, But that really wasn't the Mm -hmm. case. It was actually just like, hey, I want to be listened to, too. Like, I want to be seen, too. And I have to kind of reflect back on even my own personal trauma of abandonment. I'm like, yeah. I know what that feels like and I don't ever want to abandon my emotions or have them feel that way. Like they're going to be an integrated part of Mm -hmm. me because they're all valuable here. We're all in this together, you know? So um, that is actually kind of a shadow integration. So shadow work is definitely something that is very valuable Mm -hmm. in healing, which is integrating those um, more negative or repressed emotion, but tie, tie that to somatic therapy, you're able to really go into these spaces, right? I do some tarot, I get this awareness, I do this physical application, I get this release, and now I have this emotion and then I'm able to transmute it, whether it's through journaling, through creativity, mm-hmm. through some kind of physical movement it's just like having its life cycle for it to kind of cleanse and release Mm -hmm. um, from you and then be turned into something else um and it's it's beautiful so uh yeah Mm. so right now i'm working with anger and in in this mercury retrograde my anger now shifted from six months ago to a year ago of being mad at the father in the masculine energy to now being angry with the mother in the feminine uh, energy. And I really didn't think that that was a wound that I would have to work on, but it definitely is. And I've been pouring um, focus into that. And the main energy there that I released 
my higher self, my total self was like, okay, we're releasing this energy. Now we're going to put boundaries in play to protect ourselves. We are our own mothers. It's a reparenting thing. We're our own mothers. Mm -hmm. We're going to give ourselves that nurturing, you know, through these you know, sensual practices to be that nurturer, to give ourselves that love. We're going to be our fathers to give ourselves that protection energy that we felt like we were missing in those moments. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I become empowered in that, you know what I mean? And working on my chakras and coming into alignment, I'm like, I feel like I'm showing up as my most powerful and authentic self. And to me, I feel like that's Mm -hmm. the goal. That is just a hundred percent the entire goal. I mean, how liberating is that too? I remember um, just like a little snippet. I went into this ritual at a tantra retreat, and it was a lot easier for me to access like that rage and anger, and in the for the masculine because I'm like, oh, I'm I'm used to treading that mm-hmm. one that path, um, or had explored like my abandonment wounds and um, some of the wounding or loss in that realm. But then I found whenever I was doing it in the uh, feminine, the more um, for my mother, there's a part of me that was way more protective of that. And it was like, is my masculine serving as a protector for that? Or like what part of me is afraid to face or journey in that way? Um, And so in that moment, I was like, okay, I have definitely have to revisit this. This is um, needs like more layers or more time or dedication to it. Um, I just thought that was like an interesting awareness that Mm -hmm. came to the surface and like how powerful it was to like give myself permission to feel that anger and rage, to have been like conditioned to be the fucking good girl, give myself permission to Mm -hmm. emote in that way. And like having like that sacred rage space, (laughs) that's one of the um, emotions that I don't think I'd allow myself to tap into and that I'm still working on for sure. Like whenever you mentioned the somatic upper Mm -hmm. right (laughs) shoulder uh, tension area, I'm like, okay, maybe maybe that's what that was telling me last week. Um, And that tends to be generally Mm -hmm. where I carry any tension or stress is like that upper right mm-hmm. area. It's it's not repressed. Yeah, so thank you for yeah, it's having not repressed that. emotion. It gets yeah. trapped in our bodies, um, and it's wild. So yeah, I I think it's very interesting when you said like it was easy for you to access and understand that like in front of your face, blatant. I'm angry at this like masculine father figure energy, but when it came to the feminine, you were like a little bit surprised and taken aback by it. Like that's how it hit me too. Mm-hmm. It, it really hit me in that same mm-hmm. way. And it kind of made me realize that like f- the feminine energy, especially when it becomes like us trying to investigate the toxic, like we talk about toxic masculinity constantly. Like that is the internet topic of our century. But toxic femininity is 100% there. We go toxic masculinity, divine Mm. feminine energy, right? Those are the things. And goes back into Mm. that competitiveness Mm. that doesn't really do anything, but draw a division and, and doesn't really give you what it's supposed to give, like I said. So yeah, that's why me accessing the, the fact that that feminine energy was wounded, that's a toxic one 
that doesn't get celebrated in the media and also is so covert. Toxic feminine energy is like a covert ninja narcissist. And it's like... Oh, manipulative. manipulative. So of course you're going to be so blinded oh. because it's it's the gaslight of your life. <laughs> like, oh, that just kind of makes me cringe right, a little bit. Right. <laughs> like I will willingly yeah, explore. So that that <sighs> labyrinth of emotions is definitely gonna be a a really it's really going to unveil you it really does open your eyes because it's not so direct as that masculine energy even masculine energy itself it's it's outwards it's forwards it's action it's in your face feminine energy is internal it's mysterious it's creative if i'm dealing with toxicity in that way they're gonna be they're gonna move the ball it's going to be covert. Like, even when I think about men mm. trying to use manipulative tactics, I'm like, bro, you suck. <laughs> I'm actually letting you get away with this because of my childhood wounds and my attachment style. And I really like the sex. But, like, you're not fooling anyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that in ways that I don't want to admit. <laughs> and, like, as you're speaking, that's what came up. Like, what do I, what may I not want to admit or how can I accept that part and love it and see it through the lens that you mentioned earlier of it's working for me and like, how do I offer that part compassion and just bring it to, mm-hmm. to our awareness? Oh, yeah. so good. Dang, we're coming up on two o'clock an hour already. I'm surprised we were able to um, fit all of that into an hour to be honest with you. I know. Repeat where they can, where listeners can find you one more time and Maybe we can connect and like schedule another call because I feel like we've like fairly dipped yeah, the toe too um, in some ways. I feel like we I feel like we made some ground though. I'm very proud of this this podcast here. Yeah. It's been excellent. Yeah. Um so you can find me at the Central Sage on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And my um website is www.the-sensual dash sage.com yes and yes. celebrating that website uh, oh my too gosh, are you kidding me? i like cried <laughs> i was so happy visit it check it out support in different ways there's a multitude of ways um and yeah i'll see yes, you all next thank time thank you so much bye, bye.